0: this one and then when we figure out what we're going to talk about we'll we'll, we'll know we'll know what is right
1: Mm. have you ever thought about the aerodynamics of a pickle on that note i'm just gonna
0: 790 After Dark. My name is John Booth. I'm your host. I'm here with Jacob Grinstead, one of the most intelligent individuals that I have (laughs) ever met in my life, and I, I mean that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate
0: it. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the wheat and the tares. So, Jacob, briefly before we get into it, before we get serious, let's just explain what kind of drove us to this concept and what drove us to this parable specifically. I think you had mentioned something about this question that you had been thinking about that you posed, is the world getting better or worse?
1: Yeah. So the question actually, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Miracle, like the hockey team, the USA hockey team. Yes. Miracle on ice. Yeah. And so in the movie, I can't remember which part it was, but um, it was a pretty famous speech. So I probably shouldn't know this, especially with you saying I'm the smartest man that you've ever met. <laughs> um, but he was saying, he was like, for the first time in America, um, people are, Are thinking that the best times are behind them rather than in front of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of got me thinking of. That
0: movie's much older than us.
1: Yes. And so that kind of gets you thinking of when we look at our world, when we look at America, and even when you look at yourself, do you see it getting better or worse?
0: I think, yeah, I think there are a lot of ways to look at it, right? So if you're looking at it from a really worldly perspective, um, everything is typically constantly improving, technology is constantly improving quality of life, at least in this country for those that have. Yeah. I
1: mean like we went at Best Buy and we saw the differences in TVs, like the technology is insane. Yeah.
0: That's a huge side note. We were looking at some of those eight K TVs and it's, it's mind blowing. Right. (laughs) And then there are some people that are looking at it and saying, no, all of these things are nice, but it is just getting worse. Inflation, gas prices, war, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it really depends on your mindset. depends on your frame of mind. Right. And then there are those that are looking at it from the Christian perspective and they're saying the same thing. Oh, these sin struggles are just getting worse and worse and our world's getting worse and worse and crazier and crazier and sin is running wild. And then you also see it from people in our generation. I see a lot of kids, especially our age, 20s twenties to 28, 27, 30s, really pushing back. Mm -hmm. I see this big desire amongst people that I never thought would, would have that desire to lean into the gospel and press on the gospel.
1: Well, Yeah, and I think like, even through it, there's something I always say when I'm preaching is I believe that a lot of um, facts has been traded out for opinions through sure. social media and through all these things that have been created. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of the younger generation now are starting to realize that. And so the hunger for truth is greater than I think, than it was when we were in high school. And that was five years ago, Definitely. Or four years ago. Um, and so I think that's, something good, I guess you can look at. Um, but like even with the whole technology from a Christian standpoint, you can look at it and say the technology, it can be used for bad, it can be used for good, as is everything really that's being <laughs> being created. Sure. Is, things can be used for bad, things can be used for good. Um, I, sir,
0: I definitely agree with what you're saying, right? Uh, when we were in high school, I didn't see this desperate desire for the truth because, because things were good. Mm-hmm. things were really nice there was no covid there was no <laughs> crazy policies being implemented in our government yeah and like the Inflation news people insane. haven't
1: gone like completely off the rails at that point right. yet there just,
0: there just wasn't any of that and life was like good and like simple and easy but that led to this kind of in my opinion what i'll call spiritual complacency and there was no hungering for the truth um the bible describes the christian life as gold being refined in the fire mm-hmm. so the the gold is heated in this blast furnace and all the impurities come to the top so for me looking at that example i see that as the times that we're in now the world's heating up things are getting heated no doubt and the impurities are coming out and that looks bad on the surface but there's going to be this cleansing process this scraping of the impurities and what's left is gold
1: well and i even think that um part of it is when we were in high school, that's when the peak of we talked last week about seedless fruit. Yeah, um, a lot if of you we were, haven't listened to that. Go listen to it. <laughs> yeah, but like we were at the peak of a lot of churches that were producing seedless fruit were yeah. at the mainstream of that everybody went to.
0: Yeah, these huge, huge churches. Yeah,
1: um, and so now I think we're coming on to where the product of that is starting to be seen. Mm-hmm. Of okay, when we were younger, we thought, wow, that's a they're doing something great, they're doing, right. but now we're getting closer to it, and as Jesus saw no fruit on the fig tree, I think we as Christians are starting to get on that, and I don't mean to like call those people out or anything like that, but... Yeah,
0: we saw the leaves, right? And yeah. We expected the fruit, and it's not there.
1: Yeah, and so I think a lot of people have been being opened up to that as well. I agree. So, so to answer the question, though, John, yes. do you think it's getting better or worse? With all that, do you, <laughs> if you had to give one, what would you give?
0: Um, I think... I think we are seeing the product of things getting worse. I think we're seeing the product of things getting worse, but I think that the Lord is using that as an aim to make things better.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all know what the end is going to be, and that's going to be good for us Christians. Yes, Um, the Christian life is one of victory. Yes, but us getting there, um, it's extremely hard for us Christians to continue in the fight, to continue Uh, moving along the way that we know to be right Right. during this time.
0: That's exactly what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast, is this kind of coexistence, this sort of how do we, and we use the example of the wheat and the tares, how do we live in a field where there is this energy-sapping, life-sapping sin that is trying to kick us out of the field?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to ask the question, are we supposed to coexist with evil? If so, how? <laughs> and if not, then how do we not? Does that make I, sense?
0: I think, I think there's an unfortunate reality that we live in a sinful world. Mm-hmm. And just short of dying and heading to heaven, there is no getting away from that fact. Um, I don't know if it should be so much of a coexistence as it should be a fight against. Um, the Christian life is supposed to be one of rooting out the evil. And I understand that you can't do that in its entirety, right? Christ is the only one that can root out all of the evil when he comes back to reign for a thousand years. However, forbidding it in your own life and calling it out in the lives of others in a way that is representative of Christ's work here on earth is the the call of the Christian life.
1: Yeah, and so um, getting into it, we're going to be looking into Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to kind of be looking at that coexisting with evil, how God has planned that to be, and even how Jesus explains the kingdom of God through this parable of the wheat and the tares. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13. Um, John, I didn't know if you wanted to read like 24 through 30, and then I'll read 36 through 43, just so we can read the whole story. Um,
0: Let's flip it. You read read the first, I read the second. Okay.
1: All right, yeah, so... Um, opening up, verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which soweth good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath the tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So Jesus there, um, what we just read, Jesus was speaking to the multitude, and when we go down to verse 36 with what John Michael's going to be reading, this is Jesus explaining that parable to the disciples. So Jesus then leaves the multitude, as you'll read in 36, all the way to verse 43, and he explains it. And here it is. (laughs) Matthew. And again, we're in Matthew 13. um, Matthew 13 i just, yeah, verse 36.
0: A, I'm just cut around on this part. <laughs> okay, cool. Here we go. Let's yes, this is Matthew chapter 13, verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitudes away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seeds is the Son of Man, the field is the world. And the good seeds are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. This is very clear language. I want you to take note of that. Christ is saying this is how it is. The field is the world. The good seeds are the children of the kingdom. He is the sower. Christ, the son of man, is the sower. Mm -hmm. And the tares are the children of the wicked one. Verse 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. Very clear language. There's (laughs) no guessing it. Is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father who hath ears let him hear.
1: John, have you ever thought about reading these things in a British deep voice <laughs> every day? <laughs> One of these days on the podcast we're going to do that.
0: We're not even going to talk about them, no commentary, just a strict <laughs> Bible reading in an English accent. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, anyways, I had to put that out there. But um getting back into what we just read, again it's called the wheat and the tares in Matthew chapter 13, but I think it's important we go and we identify what we just read. Right. Um, so John, let's go ahead and identify. I'm going to call it the two planters, but sure. you know, biblically it'd be called like the sowers. Um, so what are the two planters and, in, um, in this parable?
0: Yeah. So you're seeing the son of man being Christ and you're seeing the devil. Yes. So again, very clear language. Yeah. <laughs> he that soweth the good seed is the son of man, which is Jesus Christ. Right. And then it goes down and it says, after saying that, the, the bad seed or the tares is the children of iniquity. It says the enemy that sowed them is the devil.
1: Right. So the two planners, we have Jesus Christ and the devil, Jesus Christ spreading the good seed mm-hmm. and the devil, we're making this extremely plain, but, and the devil spreading the bad seed. Now we see there are two seeds, the good seed and the bad seed. So let's look at what those seeds are. And he explains that again in verses 36 through 43. Um, but John, let's look at those two seeds.
0: Yep. So reading again, the, the good seed is the children of the kingdom. So that that's in verse 38, the field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one.
1: Right. So how, I think it's important to understand this is super simple, but John, how do you become a child of God?
0: Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith
1: in Jesus Christ. You accept Jesus Christ into your heart. And what's extremely important to understand, though, is if you haven't, you are then a child of the devil. Right. There's no in between. There's a reason why he only puts two seeds in this parable. Yes. It's because there, there are only the two.
0: Your dad says it best. There is no fictitious third. Right. There is no group that's like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really sure, but I'm not doing anything that bad. Mm-hmm. There, there is living life in sin. Or there is living a life in Christ. Yeah,
1: by deciding not to follow after Jesus Christ, you're deciding to be follow after the devil, being a child, child of the devil. And that's extremely important to understand. Um, now, when going over this last night and teaching it, obviously I'm doing it with teenagers, so I use teenage lingo. Um, and so we went over what a biblical what a biblical prank was and even what is explained in this parable, what happened in the first part when he's teaching, when Jesus was teaching about it. And he talks about how while the um, while the men were asleep, the enemy came and took um, Darnell, Darnell seeds and took the seeds, the bad seeds, and planted it in the field. Now um, it kind of brought me back to like junior-senior wars of like you usually have to wait for the other house to fall asleep and then you go toilet paper the house or egg the house or you know something like that um so they waited for them to fall asleep and they went and planted the bad seeds now something that's really important to understand about that seed that they planted was it was extremely hard to tell it from the wheat once it started growing
0: until it's mature until yeah, it was time to no harvest. Yeah. yeah,
1: and you could really only tell um, until it was pretty much time to harvest. So the reason why it was kind of a trick was because the farmer would go out, the so, the man who field it was, would go out and see all these this wheat growing right. and be like, man, we're having a great harvest this season. Like, we're about to make a lot of money. We're about to get, yeah. you know, all this wheat. And then when it came comes time to harvest, he then realizes – this bad seed produces something that looks like wheat, but it doesn't have the nutrients and doesn't have the things that are needed to go and sell right. in the market. So then he realizes, oh, I only have 50% of what I thought I had.
0: I, I, I'll take an important note here. So this is what is so great and, and incredible to me about the God that we serve. God knows which is the good seed and which is the bad. Mm-hmm. But the reason that he gives this parable the way it is the farmer still takes care of both until they're mature and it's time for harvest. God takes care of both and gives gives something that the plants don't have, gives the bad seed a chance after chance after chance after chance to become wheat and and still waters them the same and takes care of them the same, lets them grow in the same ground. It's it's only until the very, very end that he he holds out this sort of this grace.
1: Yeah, and so um, what's significant about this parable and even the detail, you see the detail of how Jesus Christ would even speak in parables, is it says that the he waited for, um, in verse 25, but while men slept, the enemy came and sowed the tares. Right, And so what that's significant of is that the devil is doing the exact same thing. He's waiting for the Christians, maybe not to lay their head down and fall asleep, not we'll be, physically, yeah, but yeah. become spiritually asleep, yeah. or even just lose focus for him to go in and sow the tears among the Christian and among the seeds.
0: And this is a big, this is a big gut check moment, right? So, when things are looking bad, instead of sitting back and going, "Oh my gosh, things have gotten so much worse," evaluate the moments when you may have been asleep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Evaluate the moments when your church may have been asleep your yeah. community, your County, because in those moments of spiritual sleepiness, that is what has led to the circumstances that you're seeing in today's world. Things yeah. are so bad because along the way we got lazy. Yeah.
1: And so this kind of brings us back to the first point And the first question that we asked is how are we supposed to coexist with evil? And if we're supposed to coexist with evil, um, there's two plans that come up. So What's happened so far in the story, and we're going to be picking up in verse 27 of Matthew 13. What's happened in the story so far is they realize that tares have been sown in their field. They see it now. The servants have seen it. And so they go to their master, they go to that householder, and they say, what are we supposed to do? And, this, and there's two plans that, that get brought up, two plans of action. There's the servant's plan of action, and then there's the householder plan of action. So John, if you don't mind reading verse 27, and we'll read, and I think it even goes into 28, um, and we'll read what the servant's plan is.
0: Yes. Matthew thirteen twenty-seven. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? For whence then hath it tears. I, I, we do this all the time. I have to stop here. I got to stop. <laughs> the servants misplaced the blame. Mm-hmm. They misplaced the blame, and we do it all the time. God, why, why are you allowing all these bad things to happen? Why, why, do, why don't you fix this? Why don't you come in and fix this situation? They're asking the master, did you not sow good seeds? How ignorant. <laughs> How ridiculous to ask the master, the, the, the knowledgeable old farmer who basically invented the wheat, who <laughs> yeah. in our case did invent the wheat. Did you not sow good seeds? It continues on, verse 28. He said unto them, an enemy hath done this, stupid <laughs> 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 an enemy hath done this the servant said unto him wilt thou then that we go and gather them up but he said nay lest ye will gather up the tares you will root also root up the wheat yes
1: yeah, so, yes yeah, so stop right there so what the servants plan is is they see this bad wheat growing right. and so their solution is to go out there and rip up the bad wheat and completely take it out of the field right which is you would think would be a pretty good idea because you don't want them to cross-pollinate. You don't want them to, um, you know, ruin the good wheat. So their solution is, all right, let's go tear it up. But what does the householder say?
0: Just hang on. Yeah. (laughs) If you start pulling it out of the ground, you are going to make mistakes and pull the good wheat out with it.
1: Right. So... What we sometimes think of, we see evil in this world and our first reaction is let's go rip it up from the roots right. and kick it out of the church, kick it out of yeah. our socials, kick it out of everything. And what we just learned in this parable is the householder says, hold up, stop. Let's think about this and let's see what he says in verse 30.
0: It, yeah. Oh, sorry, no, you well, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's just very revelatory of the nature of God and the nature of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Both God and Jesus are this extremely loving, have this extremely loving personality. There is no place in heaven for sin. There should have been no place on this earth for sin. There isn't one. God could have, at the moment of sin, torched the earth. Yeah. Adam and Eve, all the animals, et cetera. He had every it, right to. It would have been within his rights to do so. But even knowing that they were going to be generation after generation after generation of sinners, he says there's still going to be good wheat in there. Mm -hmm. Still going to be good wheat, so let's just wait. And even more than that, provides a way through his son Jesus Christ for salvation. And a free gift. Uh, Yeah, I know there are tares in the field. I I know it's not what it should have been. But there's still good wheat out there, and I want to provide a way for that wheat to be harvested. We can take care of the tares later. It's not a complacency thing. It's not a lazy thing. It's a merciful, incredibly merciful thing. Verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, which as we've learned of the angels, Uh gather ye together first the tares and bind them into bundles and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. (laughs) If you don't understand that, (laughs) that's it's huge. It's, it's huge. There is coming a day when there will be no debate mm-hmm. of what the good weed is and what the tares are. And although it feels less actionable not to just go out there and rip it up, how much sweeter is it when it's done the right way?
1: Yeah, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It is not our place to have the world and living in evil to experience our wrath. Right. We're supposed to show the love of Christ. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. Right. Which we learned about salt a while back. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. And when it comes to experiencing the wrath, those who don't accept the salt, don't accept Jesus Christ, which is the light, Um, they're going to be experiencing the wrath of God. Yeah. It's not our place to extend wrath. It's... God's place to extend wrath.
0: Absolutely. I mean, human beings get caught up in this. We feel, we feel righteous when we can dispense our brand of justice. The sad part is that we have no idea what's actually just. Mm-hmm. I shudder to think what the world would look like if I were God for a day. Because <laughs> I know, I just know that I would mess it up. I know that I would mess it up. But there, there is this incredible security in having a God that knows. He knows the deal he knows everything beginning to end and his plan is perfect
1: right and so what we learn from this with the first questions is we we learn that it is our place to have to learn how to live in this world right. with the with the tears around us
0: and don't mistake don't mistake us saying hey, you shouldn't just go rip up the whole field for saying you should be passive and sit back and do nothing. Oh, yeah. You are supposed to actively attempt to improve. That's that salt. Yes. That we
1: talk about with the salt and light.
0: Actively attempt to improve and preserve the world around you. That's what salt does. It's a preservative. However, (laughs) if you can't do that in a loving, Christ-like manner, you shouldn't even attempt it.
1: Yeah, we can't condemn. Right. It's not our place to condemn. Right. Um, But we are supposed to grow. That's that's even the tricky thing. Yes. You have evil. You have tears all around you trying to prevent your growth. Right. And yet you are still supposed to grow. And what you need to do is take comfort in the fact that if you are doing everything you can to fall after Christ, everything you know to be right, and you're striving for that, when it comes time for the harvest, God sees you.
0: Yes. If you want to know what it looks like to do everything you can, listen to our podcast on Doing Everything You Can. <laughs> yes. With the, with the Pastor.
1: Yes. Um take comfort that in that. Some people may be getting um you may be sitting back getting worried listening to this of the day of harvest where the angels will come and bundle up the tares and then throw them into the fire. Like that that can sound like a really scary thing, but if for me it's comforting and John Michael's shaking his head now, I know you can't see it, but for him, it's comforting, and for you as a Christian, it should be comforting that you're going through this world right now, and you're trying your hardest. It doesn't mean that you don't fail, but you're trying your hardest to grow with all this evil going around you, and there's going to be a day where God sees that growth and sees you as the wheat that you are rather than the tare and will take you into heaven with him. He says, um, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also.
0: He will gather the wheat into his barn.
1: Yes. Our love for Jesus Christ should continue to allow us to grow because we know and we have faith that one day that will be so.
0: Well said. Well, that is tonight's episode of 3790 After Dark. It's a two-parter. So the first part we talked about, the the wheat and the tares, what the difference is. We talked about whether or not the world is getting better or worse, how to coexist or how to live in this world, what to strive for. And then when we come back, Next week's episode, we're going to talk about what all this means and what the harvest is going to look like at the end. Stay tuned. Good night. God bless you.